This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, all right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Hunting, fishing, you know, it's just not going to work in the apocalypse. Any type of real shit hits the fan kind of situation, it turns out that's everyone's kind of go-to backup plan. And even if you haven't given it any thought, it's going to be your thought. Because how else do you get food? Yeah, I can't tell you how many people said that, you know, oh, if things go bad, you know, I know how to hunt. Yeah, a lot of people know how to hunt. And a lot of people don't know how to hunt, but also have a gun. And there's not going to be any seasons. There's not going to be any sort of, uh, you know, time to repopulate. There's nothing nothing like that. People are just going to shoot whatever they see, whether it's a, a you know, eight-pointer or a two-pointer. They're going to shoot anything that they can they can eat. Even little and, uh, babies are, you know, worth taking when your babies mm-hmm. are starving, you know? Right, right. It's... uh. It's real easy. Uh, everybody thinks it's real easy to go out and, and bag a deer. And the truth of the matter is, if you dump a bunch of corn in your backyard and sit around and wait, eventually you might get something. But, um, you know, it's not it's not going to be like hunting is now with, uh, you know, with everybody uh, doing the appropriate thing and, and hunting at the right time with their tags and all that sort of stuff. It's not going right. to be the same thing. And that's the thing, like people end up having to go farther and farther into the woods or, or different things to, you know, end up find things. But I would say if that is your best play, um, the trick would be to, uh, to start with the things that, I mean, obviously you take any deer or anything you can get, but don't be too critical where, Hey, I'll shoot that raccoon. Hey, I'll shoot that, uh, that squirrel. Hey, I'm going to start with squirrels. You know, squirrels are going to be around for a little bit, you know, a week or two longer, yeah. right? Um, 
Rabbits, mm. they do reproduce on the uh, regular, so they might be a good go-to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of smaller game that you might hunt with uh, uh, 22, but um, ultimately, ultimately, you're going to run out of, you're going to run out of opportunities. Um, everybody around you in your, in your whole, uh, area is going to be out doing the same thing you're doing. So you gotta be, uh, you gotta be conscientious that that might not be a, a viable option if things really go, uh, go downhill. Exactly. So anyway, I wanted to talk about some alternatives, things that we could be doing to, uh, you know, to go in and successfully feed our families, right? That's a big part of being prepared and, and what we're all looking for, um, the uh, the bottom line is you uh, need to think about farming, gardening, right? Um, these are the kind of things you can implement early. Uh, you need to start setting up fencing and setting up fields, learning about your soil, learning about how to get things to grow because it's different everywhere and for everybody. You know, we've talked in the past. It's not as easy as throwing some seeds on the ground. Now, some things do. Some things take, you know, but other things mm-hmm. don't. Some things are <laughs> but, And hey, yeah. maybe the upside to the deer being over-harvested and the rabbits being over-harvested is maybe they'll leave your plants and uh, and things you're growing alone a little bit. So that, that'll be an upside. Yeah, now all I got to do is, is come up with some recipes for woodchuck. Oh, uh, that doesn't sound good. Uh, I have heard. I've heard people say it was good, but I, I'm. I'll I've never heard know. that the secret of the pros is uh, if you do a lot of deer meat, is to mix in some possum, and it it basically adds oh, yeah. the fat and the oil that you're looking for when you get with the leaner uh, meat. That, that's the secret of the pros. So you can make like meatloaf or burger or something, you know, and have it actually mm-hmm. stick together a little bit, a little more fatty, right? Um, that's a that's a trick. Uh, you guys know I'm always mentioning rabbits, which I have to point out. I actually ordered rabbit cages; they're on the way. Oh, you're getting set up, huh? Um, I'm finally getting set up. So there was this uh, this uh, website or YouTube video I kept seeing, and it was uh, I think Tealstone Rabbit Hutches or whatever. It was a girl's farm, and she made this channel, but she had a good setup, and so. Basically, this is what I plan to do is is it ended up being like a bunch of cages, um, a bunch of double cages, but no joke, all the rabbit cages to have, uh, I believe, eight separate cages. There, It's two giant ones connected, but to have eight doors, it was something like 560 bucks shipped. I was like, damn, that's a lot of money. And... But I'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes and you check that out because the girl does a great job putting it together and how to set it up and that kind of thing. She's also got videos on breeding and all that kind of stuff. Um, so rabbits are awesome. Uh, bigger farm animals are a little bit scarier step but might be worth a look is something like sheep or cattle. Um, that that definitely is more of a commitment. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that raises... Uh, raises um chickens for meat meat chickens and uh he just started doing sheep and uh the trick is you have to you have to breed the sheep you can't just buy a a little sheep and then wait till it's full grown and and slaughter it you have to you have to be making the sheep yourself you know yeah that's that's the whole thing and and the same thing really with the cattle and you know i mean they 
you know, they, they have somebody come over and inseminate the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the cattle, but, and that's the thing, like, yeah, it can happen naturally, but again, that's a skill and people. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you and the wife might not be able to pull that off easily breeding your own cattle, something like that. It's something you really got to, you know, get involved. Now, obviously if you make a commitment, you know, we can learn any skill, we can make things happen, but that's, that's going to be involved. Um, yeah. One thing I would recommend against is, uh, is goats. Um, goats are great for, for milk and cheese and, and all sorts of different stuff. Um, but they're smart, you know what I mean? And, and butchering a goat, you have to make friends with it before it'll let you get close enough to do it. And then it, just makes you feel like a terrible, terrible person. All right. So if you have a soul, yeah. then goats <laughs> might be tough. Um, there's another thing that we haven't talked about a lot lately, and I, I probably should do an episode on this, but aquaponics. Mm -hmm. Aquaponics right. is pretty awesome. Uh, so it's like a whole circle of life where basically you have fish in the water. They, have, they produce nitrate, nitrogen and, and crap like that. Um, and they can contaminate and ammonia and they contaminate the uh, water, but then they cycle that through your, uh, the, the soil you're using, basically using the dirty fish water to water your plants that produces a ton of nitrogen and turns the, gets rid of the ammonia. And then the water can then basically be filtered and back into the fish and it creates a happy, uh, little symbiotic environment which is kind of cool and it it really gets huge yields um and you don't have to worry about like fertilizer and that kind of thing because basically the fish are creating the fertilizer um and obviously you get the double benefit of having a continuous fish supply as well as having uh right you know right. plants can that are be, growing it can be tricky to set it up though um it is, it is possible to kill everything all at once. You know what I mean? If one little mistake will wipe out the whole system. So you have to be very uh, conscientious about how you're setting it, that up. Right. Well, I think that's why we do these episodes because that's the thing is this is something that you want to learn while you have the internet and while you have, you know, access to YouTube and you have, you're not in a desperate situation where if you fail, you know, things. Yeah. Then you starve. Don't go horribly wrong. Right. Exactly. We can say, Oh, you know what? No problem. I can go get some lettuce for my neighbor or I got the other garden still growing or I don't need fish. I can go to the fish market or whatever, you know, that kind of thing works out. Um, I do have some resources for that. If anybody wanted to email us at, uh, prepping badass at gmail.com, I'd be happy to send you a link for the aquaponic stuff. Um, I actually have a pretty good guide to raising rabbits too, if, uh, you were interested, but, um, so then the other option, you know, we talked about is chickens. Now I am building a new chicken coop as we speak. Oh yeah. And yeah. And so I got like a little, little graphic there that that's what we're looking at. It's pretty big. It's like eight by 10. Um, I set up nesting boxes in inside Always in the past, I'd done nesting boxes that go outside the coop and I end up getting rainwater and, and just crap. And I'm always, I've always done like smaller ones where I'm like ducking under a roof and then lifting a hatch. And it's just been a pain in the ass. 
So this thing's like eight foot tall and, you know, full on whatever. And I'm going to end up cleaning out yeah. those chicken coops is never fun. But if you can actually have a chicken coop that it. you can actually stand up in and walk around in, it makes things a lot easier. Right. Now, in the past, yeah, I've always had like, you know, ridiculous little things that, you know, don't work. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that you get. But, you know, hey, now I'm stepping up, moving into the big leagues. Yeah. yeah. No, I've got my my coop is built like Fort Knox. You know, I've got all sorts of stuff trying to get in there. And uh, be honestly, honestly, I, I had an issue and I think I've finally solved it. Um, so we had an, an Osprey that's been swooping down and, and getting my ducks, All right, you know, um, and you can't shoot them. You know, it's a big fine to, to shoot any bird of prey in the United States. It's a, you know, just a, having a feather, uh, can get you into some serious trouble. Um, so I, uh, talked to the missus and, and she used, uh, her voodoo witchcraft and, got something, uh, something figured out. So there's no, there's no predator. Uh, ospreys have no predator. Um, but the only thing that will fight, fight the ospreys are crows. Um, you know, they'll gang up on them and chase them out. Uh, so she somehow, uh, used her witchcraft that I don't believe in. Uh, but now there is a murder of crows that live in the woods behind my house. And anytime that, that osprey comes by, they go after him. So I gotta say it's working. No, that's that's right. Um, so aquaponics. Now, another thought for food food source would be bees. Right, right. Now, bees are again one of those kind of scary. Like, ah, eh, I don't know. Do I want to deal with that? I, the thing is, too, it's not that. Oh, I'm afraid of bees, or even afraid of a swarm of bees. You know, whatever. But it's also they're super easy to kill. Um, yeah, you, you can, yeah. you know, put a lot of effort and a lot of money and things go bad again, back to, you know, these are the things you want to research beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a, a great book on that, that I would be happy to, uh, maybe put in the links and, and, and see if, uh, you know, I can get you in the right direction on that. That's not a PDF. I can't uh, send you that, but, um, I can put a link in the uh, show notes here. I'll see if I can get that worked out. Yeah, we do have a podcast a while back all about bees. Um, bees. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they are, like you said, they are really tricky. Like, you, they're easy to kill, you know? Um, especially if you live in a colder climate, you might have to get new bees every uh, every summer if you want to keep it going because sometimes the cold just wipes them out. If you don't if you don't prep that, that hive really well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have issues. And that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to is learning it all beforehand, before it's a stressful situation, right. before things. Now, you were telling me in the Great Depression, everybody turned to hunting. How'd that play out? Yeah, it didn't work out well. Um, they said uh, they said that, you know, if you talk to your, your great-grandfather, you got a chance to talk to him before uh, before he turned 180 years old. You might, uh, you might have heard him tell stories about that, about just seeing deer tracks was a novelty, you know? You'd call the family over to come over and take a look at the deer tracks you found because they're so sparse. There are so few of them. Everybody, uh, 
everybody turned to hunting when uh, when the grocery stores ran out of food and everybody lost their jobs and ran out of money. Uh, you still have to eat, and um, that was really uh, that was really a, a situation um, where people you know people over hunted uh, the whitetail uh, in the United States, and there was a serious decline decline in deer populations. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It 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 is amazing how much change and how much effect you know how, people don't realize when we're not going out and getting these things, you know that you know how the population changes. You know, you always think, oh, I drive down the road and I can hit three with my car on the way home. You know, yeah. and then as soon as everybody starts turning to them, you know, to eat and deer, it, it's a big thing. Right. The uh, one of the guys mentioned uh, mini goats mm-hmm. were uh, an option, uh, Daniel. And they also, also, uh, you might want to think about uh, how tasty goats are. They are. Say. Personally, I uh, that's my favorite. I got to say, it meat. is like the softer meat, uh-huh. you know, where you're like, ooh, that's kind of nice. You know, yeah. it's not like tough usually. It's not, you know, a headache. Um also, obviously, uh, trade and barter. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to have things that maybe other people could be doing the work for you? Right, right, right. They could go out and put the uh, the effort in. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know, if you have a big piece of property, goats are really easy to to raise. Uh, if you have a smaller piece of property, not so much. Not so much. Um, you know, they take care of themselves. But we're talking about you know a hundred hundred acres. Uh, your your three acre uh, homestead might not have enough room for goats. You might have to like pen them in and and supply the food for, for them. There's not going to be enough uh, enough for them to eat just on their own there. Um, so it is something to think about. Uh, but I mean that same thing goes for anything. Um, chickens chickens are the same way. You know, if you have a little uh, quarter acre uh, lot and you're raising chickens on them, you're going to be spending a lot of of money on chicken feed. Yeah, you know, if exactly. they have a bigger space to roam, it's not so uh, so expensive. Exactly. Uh, yeah, a lot of guys in the comments, uh, Slowburn and Brian, both uh, worried about the hopper popper. I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a, uh, it, it's basically like a bent metal uh, bar, and you basically just slide the, uh, the rabbit right in, you know, slide his neck in there, and then, you know, fold it up, and it just breaks their necks. And I gotta say, that sounds like the dream. I think they're like thirty or forty bucks. I, I don't. Know, I haven't looked at it recently. Mm-hmm. I kind of imagined I was gonna make something homemade to do that because um, uh-huh. I'm too cheap to spend thirty or forty bucks. But I think that's <laughs> definitely the way to go. Is something yeah. like that. Um, I, I gotta look at it again and and check it out. Yeah. You know, you can just bag them in the head with a hammer too. I mean, it's not. <laughs> that's the other. It's not hard to kill them. Well, um, I think. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of options as far as uh, meat goes. You know, the the problem is there's a lot of people that are really interested in in, uh, in raising meat, but not so interested in actually actually butchering the meat, and that's the big difference. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's one thing to raise chickens for eggs and and be happy with it, and you know, just go with that. But at a certain point, um certain point with some of the livestock you gotta 
You got to take them out and you got to you got to butcher them because anybody that hunts knows that cutting up an animal and harvesting the meat is not uh, it's a skill. You know, it's something that you have to practice at before you can really get everything. Chickens are easy as easier. But when it comes to rabbits, when it comes to deer, those sorts of things, it's not a it's not something that's just intuitive, you know. Right. Well, I mean, definitely, you know, you need to check out like a good book on butchering and and that kind of thing and have stuff on hand. And honestly, you know, if you're thinking, oh, rabbits are going to be my go to. um, I got to say, if you think that you're just going to catch wild rabbits and put them in a pen and get them to breed. Yeah, I believe it's possible. I'm told that they really don't do well when you bring them from the wild into captivity, that they just get all sad and lonely and die or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas as opposed to if you can snatch up some babies, you know, you might have better luck. Right. But uh, again, there's tricks. I'm sure somebody who knows better. I've always been told it doesn't really work trying to do wild rabbits and then getting them to breed. Right. Um, A lot of the prepper books, they have that playing out, though. They're like, oh, yeah, we just grabbed them, made a little fence and everything's great. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I don't imagine that scenario playing out well, but, you know, who knows? Um. We, uh, I, I see that uh, Darren from Mayhem Country Living checked out, yep. made it in today. I mm-hmm. like that. I don't know if you guys have uh, checked out that YouTube channel, Mayhem Country Living. Freaking awesome. And uh, Darren's been listening to the show and helping us out with ideas and different stuff for a long time. So, you know, happy to have him. Um, also, another thing you guys might want to look into is maple syrup or birch syrup. Making syrup from the trees. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, and, a go-to. Yeah, and the truth is you can get syrup from from a lot of trees that aren't maple. It just tastes worse, you know. But, I mean, you can still do it. Um, I luckily have a bunch of maple trees on my property here, so it's definitely uh, definitely something that I I can get into. Uh, get into. It's a lot of work, but um, it's it tastes pretty damn good when you when you get it right. I got to say, if you have a lot of maple trees or a lot of trees, there is a uh, a huge opportunity for, uh, you know, making money. They, I got to say, you know, I, I read about, you know, a kid who was local to us when I was back in New York and he was pulling in like 25 grand a year just by himself doing, you know, maple syrup and just setting it all up and... Mm-hmm. Right. And, but again, it's, you know, hey, you got to take two weeks of school off and you got to, you know, to, right. when you're the kid doing it, whatever. And it's a big deal. To, yeah, it's a know. lot. It's a lot of work. Because once you start, you just you're you're committed, you know, you're you're in there boiling. And yeah, it's that's work. Yeah. But, you know, any type any type of farm work is is hard work, you know, even if it's just a vegetable garden, um, you know, it can be a lot of a uh, lot of labor. Um you know, we made, uh, I think we did uh, 60 pounds of tomatoes last year. But, you know, you cook that down into making it um, making it tomato sauce or making salsa. And that 60 pounds, uh, you know, doesn't turn into 60 pounds worth of food. So uh, when you when it comes to preserving stuff like that, you have to be careful. I know a lot of people, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can preserve easily yourself at home. Um, hot peppers is one of my favorites. The... Uh, um, the, uh, have you ever had, uh, um, pickled eggs? 
Have you ever eaten those? Yep. Yep. Disgusting. Disgusting. No good. Uh, I've, I've tried them before. It's not worth it, but you know, when it does come, when it comes to eggs and your own eggs, you've got to, you know, five or six weeks. If you get, you know, fresh eggs and not don't wash them and put them in their refrigerator, you got five or six weeks. You got easily, uh, two weeks just sitting on the counter. You know, those eggs will last for a while. Um, but you know, in worst case situation, your refrigerator isn't going to be working, you know? So it's going to limit your time on that sort of stuff. But eggs are a great uh, trade item, you know, great barter barter item. Uh, especially if you, you know, if you have five or six chickens, that's going to be more than enough for uh, what you would need as long, as far as supplementing your diet, you know? Um, now let's talk about, about uh, canned meat for a minute, because that Something is something that... Meat. That is something that that you should be paying attention to if you're a prepper and you're looking to uh, to have some preserved food. So you know you've got chicken, tuna, spam, corned beef. Corned beef hash is one of my favorites, even though it's a lot of potatoes in there. And I guess there's canned oysters and clams. I don't know how that tastes, and I don't think I ever will because that sounds disgusting. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm not out. gonna buy it. It's not gonna be on my shelf, you know. It's not gonna be one of my my pickup items when I go to the store to stick in the cabinet. Um, but you've got you've got two to five years on on canned meat like that, canned chicken, canned uh, tuna. You got two to five years, but also you really have kind of forever. You know, they'll last forever as long as the can is is in good shape. It's not dented. It's not rusting. You know, you keep those things in a in a uh, you know. Uh, uh, relatively dry area up off the ground, and you've got a while with that that canned uh, canned meat. You've got you know years, um, so that's definitely something that's worth stocking up on. I, I definitely buy my you know buy canned vegetables and I buy canned meat, and uh, I've got a good little uh, good little uh, stock up of those types of stuff. But you know what? When it comes down to it, that stuff goes a lot faster than you might think it will. You can run through that stuff pretty fast. So, um, you know, just something to keep in mind. Uh, I know a lot of people say spam. You know my feelings on spam. Don't bother. Don't bother. It's gross. Uh, I always get hate mail about that. Spam is great. You just don't know how to cook it right. Whatever, dude. There's a lot of stuff that I'm sure I could cook it right and enjoy it more, but I ain't going to find out. Yeah. No, that's... Um, yeah, are you familiar with the float test when it comes to eggs? A lot of people don't know about the float test. So, so, um, you, you take your eggs and you stick them in a, in a bowl of, uh, cold water. The eggs sink. It's fine. The eggs kind of float, stand up at the bottom, but float up, you know, they're still fine. When they float to the top, don't even bother cracking that thing. Just throw it out. It's going to stink up your whole damn house. Oh, yeah, we do that. Um, I I don't know. I the big thing is to like have the rotation. They have the baskets, you know, where you put your eggs in and and you know, kind of have it in a cycle. It's just like rotating your canned goods or all your other stores. You know, you just kind of got to get into a system where you're really right. You know, Moving on top of paying feet. attention. Yeah. Other, you know, that's pretty good. The other time where I think it's a risk is you'll get chickens that will lay eggs in random spots mm-hmm. and right. we'll find 20 eggs and we're like shit you how know what do you right. do now how old right? is this 
you got a you got a pile of eggs and you're like I hate to throw them all out which honestly usually if it's in a big production time of the year like the middle of the summer where we're just getting way more eggs than we can handle uh, I'll just break them on trees or whatever I know people will cook them up for their dogs or whatever my dogs get plenty of eggs there's there's no worry there but right you know you find a way and obviously you know depending on the animals you have you can do things you can feed your chickens like scrambled eggs. I know people be like shocked and horrified. The trick is you don't want to just break them and let your chickens eat them because they will actually start eat, breaking eggs and in eating their own eggs. Kind of thing. That, that's a big thing. I find it a little weird, you know, whatever to, you know, feed your, your uh, chickens eggs, but you know, whatever there is a uh, lime storage. I've never, uh, yeah, I've never, never tried that tried either. It. But uh, I've yeah I've watched videos on that and you know it basically like calcifies the outer shell. Mm-hmm. I believe it's just like lime and and water and they put like kind of dip it in, and then you know that works out. Yeah, obviously if you had like pigs that kind of thing, which pigs we didn't mention, pigs mm-hmm. would be great. That's also something I keep thinking about braving. Yeah, well it's the and, same thing. The pigs and the and the goats. It's the same thing to me. You know what I mean? Pigs are great. They fatten up fast. They'll eat anything. Um, but it's also the same thing. It, killing a pig is not a, is not like a pleasant chore. You know, I I will smash a, a rabbit's head in. I will I will wring a neck of a chicken, no problem. But I feel what bad about when you see the pigs. They're when they're, they're cute and furry, and, and you uh-huh. see them shaking the little bunnies, all yeah. sad. No, I, no, I have no feelings care? for them. Pigs, though. I mean, I love bacon. I eat ham, but I ain't I ain't butchering it myself. We leave uh, that to the pig guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. I have a, the same friend that raises the uh, the chickens raised a pig, and turns out the pig now lives in the house with him. <laughs> yeah, you're making so room in the bed for the pig. Yeah, right? it didn't work out for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's it. There are a lot of animals that'll kind of eat anything and just be, you know, good to go with any of your scraps. So that's and that's the thing is is to find the trick where you're completely you know, uh, utilizing every aspect of it. You know, you, you learn the tricks that there's no waste mm-hmm. and you move along. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, another thing like as preppers, another go-to that you always hear about. I mean, this used to be the staple of prepping. It's funny. I feel like we've all kind of got away from it is uh, long-term food storage, right? Right. I mean, just having a supplied pantry and being on top of stuff, especially if you can do the grains and the stuff, but it's so hard to sustain it. Um, actually, I was one of the things Darren from Mayhem Country Living had, had pointed out was you can freeze your stuff like your rice and, and your stuff like that that you're buying, you know, maybe bags at Sam's Club or whatever. That That's pretty much how I do it. And if you freeze it for like three days before you pack it, then you'll get a lot more life as far as, you know, insects or anything like that kind of ending up growing and whatever. Uh, you know, that's something you want to look at. I actually yeah, have same a goes freezer. For pasta and, yeah, all, all that type of starch stuff that you might, might save long term. Right. And because I don't have a, uh, I didn't get a deer this year because i was slow getting out and whatever turns out my freezer's empty so now it's just full of rice mm-hmm. so all right there you know, you go. hey teach their own you know 
At least I have the space, all right? Don't judge me. That and a bunch of store-bought sausage from, for, uh, you know, I think it's like bass or something, uh, sausage for for my breakfast. Side of that. That's it there right now, huh? All right. Now, um, we talked about rabbits. We talked about bees. Um, we talked about aquaponics. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about goats a little bit more. Um, now goats are, are really smart animal. They'll eat just about anything, anything that, that, you know, they'll they'll eat poison ivy. They'll eat just about anything that grows on, on leaves and turn it into milk. And I don't know if you've ever tried goat milk before, but it's, it's fantastic. It's great. Um, goat milk and goat cheese, you know, some of my favorite, favorite stuff. Some people just won't eat it. Just they don't even want to try it, you know. Um, but you gotta you gotta try those those things out, man. Uh, be surprised. Same thing with like duck eggs, different types of eggs. A lot of people not interested in it, you know. They're not gonna eat turkey eggs. They only want chicken eggs. But you know, it's, you're used to eating one type of egg, and yeah, it tastes a little bit different. You know, everybody says, "Oh, they're all the same." They're not, not all exactly the same. They're a little bit different. Yeah. But I mean, it's uh, you know, different isn't bad. Sometimes change change is good. Right. Yeah, my buddy was always pushing his duck eggs on me, and I'm like, I don't want your crappy duck eggs. I don't uh-huh. know what you're doing. Uh-huh. I, you know, I get a lot of duck eggs, and anytime I ever give them to somebody, they're like, oh, I'll try one or two, but don't give me a dozen. I'm not going to eat all of them. You know? All right, whatever. Different strokes. Fine. Yeah, yeah and quails. Now, in the It's another good one. Yep. Quail, Um, I got to say, I always was excited. Like, I have a, a big yard. Actually, I know there's some fox back there that I haven't gotten rid of. And, you know, early on, one fox was a problem for my chickens, and I took care of him. And his girlfriend's still hanging out there. So far, hasn't gotten into my chickens. He's always getting my neighbor's chickens, but I always see him on the trail cam moving through my yard. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why aren't you getting him? And I'm like, because he hasn't been a problem. And it, it's not that. It's this guy will show up on the trail cam at two in the morning on, you know, a Thursday. And then the next week on Tuesday, he might show up at right. know, three in the afternoon. And I'm like, not, I'm not going to just sit there forever when he's not freaking, you know. Right. He's not, he's not on the regular routine. You know? Yeah, especially if he's not the, not eating your chickens. It's not too too big of a problem. Right. It's, I don't want to get home at 1030 at night and then, oh, got to go hit the stand. You know, like I do. And and maybe that's why I didn't get the deer this year. That Mm -hmm. could be something to it. But not going out and looking for deer. It turns out you got to do stuff. You Um, actually have to hunt to get anything from hunting. But actually what got me on the fox was, you know, you'd mentioned uh, quail, but uh, there is a lot of game birds that reproduce like freaking crazy Mm-hmm. A lot of the ones I was looking at, I look at uh, that Murray McMurray hatchery. It's where I get my chickens. Mm-hmm. They do packages of the game birds, and if I remember right, they're like two fifty to four hundred bucks. They're no, you know, but it's it's a lot, you know. Right. But they reproduce ridiculously quick. It's like twenty or thirty babies every three or four weeks. I mean, it's like insane the That's volume fun. you yeah. get from the game birds. So you could really fill your woods if you had like like I do. I have like a, a a bunch of acres, and I say a bunch. You know, it's all relative. If you live in town on a quarter acre lot, my fourteen acres is a lot. 
Right. But to a lot of farmers, 14 acres is a joke. It's like, yeah, oh, that, you don't have any shit. land. You're not, you're not a farmer. So, you <laughs> know, it's all relative. It's, you know, where you're standing, right? Um, but letting those guys go in my woods, they're honestly pretty sustainable, even with a fox and, and predators out there because they're reproducing so fast. So an investment like that, it could really help. Um, the wife and I are kind of back and forth on that because uh, we're not sure of how much damage they'll do to other things. Right. Um, as far right. as you know, eating crops and things like that or berries, we have a lot of wild grapes and things like that going. You know, it's how much do you want to, you know, it's a trade-off. It's how much do you like meat over vegetables? So obviously I'm in favor of the meat. And she's in favor the other way. So yeah. uh, another thing Brian had pointed out, bees equal mead. That's and, right. You know, having both sugar and, as we point out, alcohol, that's a, a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll tell you something uh, between you and me and, and everybody listening. I think mead tastes like shit. <laughs> Not a fan. But, I mean, it's better than no alcohol. You know, I'll take beer yeah. any day over mead, but you know, I don't know. Up by you, I think you have some kind of Renaissance fair that uh, you got to go get your mead uh, once a year and and cash in on stuff. Yeah, I haven't ever tried to make it. I haven't really got into it. I do know there is a bunch of hives within you know a quarter mile of me. Um, like I said, the the wife and I keep talking about it. It's probably a couple of years out. You saw how long it took me to commit to rabbits. Um, I yeah, was you've been talking about that for a while. For yeah, probably at least two years. Mm-hmm. Thing is, six hundred bucks is a big friggin' nut. Plus, it's work. Right, it's, it's a, a lot big, of work. I got to go out, and I mean, it's just one more thing. Mm-hmm. I got to put together all these cages. I got to set it up. I got to go out there. I got to put them together and breed them, and it, it just it's stuff. Now, I understand you're like, oh. Well, you know, if you work a farm, that that's just part of it and whatever. And farms are hard work. And that's great. But I also work a full-time job where I work 60 hours a week. And mm-hmm, it's like, right. all right, I got a lot going on. Right. And so well, that's I mean, just it, something it, to think about. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's the that's ultimately the, uh, the issue with any type of uh, any type of farming, whether it's a vegetable garden or you're raising animals. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to keep that going. And, uh, you know, you could spend, uh, you know, you could spend 10 hours a day working on your vegetable garden and, and save 15 bucks a, a week in vegetables. You know, I mean, it's a give and take, you know, you have to know what you're doing and make things as easy as possible for yourself. And then, uh, you know, everything else will kind of, kind of work its way in there. Yeah, no, exactly. You just, you got to figure out. What works for you? And that's like, I mean, I, I understand like the mead is like, it's kind of like beer, right? Um, yeah, it's a little sweeter. I, I used to make beer a lot and it's a lot of work. Like the big thing was just washing the bottles and, you know, cause you right. got to get rid of any kind of yeast right. or you're going to get funky tastes, right? right? So you just want the yeast that you want. But the problem is you clean everything out with bleach. Well, you got to make sure you got rid of all that yeast or sorry, all that bleach because you might kill your good yeast. Yeah, the so yeast you want. I use like 50 gallons because I'm paranoid washing all the bottles, you know, 50 uh-huh. gallons of water. And 
and you know it's a fair amount of steps and you got to go back and check it and switch it you know it's not like all right today's the day i'm going to make beer well it's i need today and i need in two weeks and i need in a week after that right and i'm going to do it all and sometimes it would be like really good like you know hands down it put like sam adams or something like that to shame where you're like oh this is really good right and and you know the craft beers or something but then other times i'll make it and i'll be like yeah it's kind of like bud light yeah and you know how it is <laughs> right you'd be like yes yeah, yes i can do without that yeah it takes and a lot of work and a lot of practice you just don't want to put that kind of effort and then end up with crap. Now, I, I would say most of the time, I, I've gotten to the point where my fails are like, all right, it's like Sam Adams. It's okay. Right. But I, I want it to be better, you know, because I already paid, you know, to make a case of beer, what, like 28 beers or something. It, it's going to cost me like 20 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I could buy Sam Adams for 20 bucks. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Without or, you all know, the 40, work. whatever. Right. Yeah. But anyway, just something to think about. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely a uh, tricky, tricky thing. It's a balancing act, you know what I mean? As far as uh, the money you're investing and the return you get, a lot of the time, uh, some of this, uh, this uh, uh, farm stuff is not, not really uh, financially, you know, that much, uh, that much for your labor. But you know, it is, it is something to have in your back pocket. It's something, uh, it's a skill that's, uh, valuable, you know, and, and over time you can get better at it. You make mistakes and you make mistakes and you make mistakes and then you get it right. And, uh, you know, turns out it's all worthwhile at the end. Um, you know, there's something satisfying about eating, eating your own eggs and drinking your own beer and that sort of stuff. It's, um, you know, same thing with hunting, you know, um, satisfying that you got it yourself and you did it yourself and you, you did all the work yourself. I mean, that is, uh, it is, it is. worthwhile. It, when and you like don't... all your buddies are like, Oh, this is the greatest thing. And I mean, that is cool. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. It's just effort. So like I said, a lot to think about. The idea is really what we were getting at with this is you really need to start to step up your self-sufficient game. You need to figure out how to completely sustain your own stuff. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about inflation and the economy and things going on. It sure looks like, you know, war with China kind of what I don't even know what that means. It could be like, oh, yeah, you guys have Taiwan. We don't really care. Right. But our government will throw a bunch of money at crap. Yep. Or it could be something even worse where China's messing with us with cyber warfare kind of thing of, you know, hacking our power grid or who knows. Right. Yeah, it's definitely something that they're they're interested in. Right. I mean, I I don't. I'm not saying, oh, war and it's going to be bad because it, it could be, but it probably won't be. You know, it's one of those things. The world, nothing ever changes is kind of how it really feels, um, you know, and when we fight our wars as Americans, it's always kind of far away and removed. China definitely could step it up and change that. Um, we could be like Russia. Did you see over the weekend I, or over the week they uh, bombed one of their own cities? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw yeah. that explosion. I don't know what kind of bomb that was, but it looked like a bunker buster the way it, it went down. Seemed like it went under the ground and then blew everything up. That's crazy, right? How yeah. powerful everything is. It's amazing. But I got to say, that's something you might want to, uh, that's something America would do. 
<laughs> we'd be like, oh, we're on our way to China. Wait, Cleveland. Let me drop it here. Yeah. That, that's our kind of play. So I'm just saying you might want to uh, learn to take care of yourself a little bit because the government might be distracted with their own nonsense and not as able to help you. And honestly, you know, something like uh, you, yeah, Venezuela, something like that where inflation kind of gets out of hand and you got to take care of yourself. Having all these self-sufficient ways to feed your family and things that you can implement easily, being prepared, having the supplies you need really could, you know, be the game changer. And as you know, like if you have something like, oh, we're breeding chickens and, and we're doing really well on a large scale, you could be trading meat chickens as a barter item if you had, you know, that kind of volume. Same thing. I mean, that's why rabbits excite me is, man, I can take care of everybody in my neighborhood with rabbits mm -hmm. and I could even set them up breeding their own. People are a whole lot less likely to come steal from you when you're sharing lots of rabbits or setting them up to breed their own. You know, right. hey, I can give you a breeding pair and you can be good to go. You know, that's the, the kind of beauty of it. But learning the different tricks, um, again, like honey, you know, you can really step up your volume with that and be pretty cool and sustainable. But it's something you have to learn and figure out. Uh, same thing, you know, aquaponics. People are like, well, I don't want to eat fish every day. And you can really set up a system where you could have fish every day. But you could also trade fish with the guy who's growing rabbits next door. Right. And that's the whole thing is kind of talking to your neighbors. Hey, I can't take on everything in the world. But if I take on rabbits, you could take on chickens. And the other guy can do pigs. And you can kind of work out a system where you all kind of work together. Right. And that's awesome is being sustainable and, and uh, you know, having it. So I appreciate all you guys in the chat, you know, hanging out and uh, lots of comments. I appreciate you showing up here every day. So it would be great if you like and subscribe to the channel. It always helps. We're trying to kind of grow it into something. YouTube hasn't been our thing. Faithful guys in the podcast who are there consistent every week, downloading every time. I love it. Any uh, kind of reviews you can leave anywhere, likes, that kind of thing, we appreciate it. And I would say with that, stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm -hmm.